Right now they have the lead with a minute 33 to play. They are on their feet in Philly as Butler scoops it up and in! An impossible shot delivered by Jimmy Butler. This is Dirt and Sprague. Shot out by CeCe and now clean Costin. Out of the box, thrown it in and tapped home! Connor McDavid has hit 50 for the first time in his career! This game is tied at two. With Andy Dirt Johnson and Brendan Sprague. Talbot is at Mosqueda. Jimmy Chata. Mosqueda. Flag down. That time Polskamp can't keep it out. The flag stays down. The Timbers have scored. And the Colombiano. Mosqueda causing all sorts of havoc. Gets his first MLS goal. Dirt and Sprague on 1080. The fan. All right, 6.02 in the Rose City. Time for Dirt and Sprague on Portland Sports Leader, 1080 The Fan. Happy Tuesday, everybody. How we doing? How we feeling? What is happening? Begrudgingly did not work yesterday because my co-host is a selfish a-hole who has a guilty conscience. It was really weird. I thought we executed a trade perfectly at the I, deadline. Uh, there's a player to be named later, a little bit of cash maybe going, s- switching hands, switching teams, but I thought we executed a good trade. No, it, it felt more like uh, it felt more like the big brother at Halloween trading his little brother for one big candy bar and give him a couple crappy little candy bars. That's how I, yesterday felt for me. You're saying I fleeced you? I fleeced you in the deal? Am I the Danny Ainge of trading radio shows? Is that uh, what you're telling me right now? I feel like I'm Danny Ainge. Can I, I get another first-round pick out of this deal? I like that you keep calling it a trade as if I really wanted to trade, but you were like, please take it off. I'm going to feel really guilty about this. And I'm like, I don't know why you need to feel guilty about the situation. Yeah, I mean, come on. it's all It all ends up even. I'm still at the point in my career where I feel guilty when I'm not here. Like, even when I'm sick, I feel that way. Really? I do, yeah. Mm. You've actually helped me not feel guilty. Really? Yeah. I mean, yesterday I didn't feel guilty, but I was... I was a little upset Sunday evening. I'm like, dude, tomorrow's show is going to be awesome. <laughs> well, I was points. half expecting a call from you at some point. Yeah, I honestly I expected just... you to show up. I thought you were just going to be a jackass and like walk in at 5.55 and I was going to get all angry. There was going to be show tension exactly. and beef. What to... are you doing here? No, I... Stay silent, DMS 71. <laughs> what are we doing? Yeah, don't get me started on that. Like, you got a great show and I'm just like, well, I guess I'm making breakfast and lunch for my daughters it's now and not doing around, the radio man. show. Stay at home, Dad. Let's go. It wasn't great. It wasn't great. I listened to the show. I was critiquing the show. Yeah, these guys are idiots. I almost died yesterday. It was, it was a whole thing, man. It was a hell of a Monday. How'd you almost die? Cutting your uh, cutting yourself, opening some eggs? No, you screwed my schedule up. How did I screw your schedule up? So I woke up a little later than I usually do, which, you know, it seems great, right? We wake up pretty early. Yeah. And I got up and instantly started making my daughters a you know a nice big breakfast. I haven't done that in over a year. Hey, look at that! I'm giving you things to enjoy with your family. And then I packed their, I made and packed their lunches. They had a late start, so I drove them to their to their school. Yeah, I think everybody on our area was still a two hour delay yesterday. That's what it was. It was yeah. two hour delay. And then from school, I had to go straight to my therapy session. <laughs> so I drove all the way. So I packed my gym stuff, and so from therapy, I went to the gym. And yesterday was uh, a little swim day, a little <laughs> swim day for dad. Look at you getting the, in the pool. Well, this is the problem, and this is how I almost died. At that point, I would say this is roughly 12, 12, 15. Uh-huh. 
I hadn't eaten or drinking anything. <laughs> what the hell's the matter with you? And when I got home, I felt violently ill. <laughs> I've been dehydrated before at the beach, and it was one of the worst experiences. And I was like, I'm never doing that again. And Not I did it feeling. again. Not a good feeling. And so yesterday, basically, I had to battle through this stomach thing that I had. This is not my fault that you're yeah, not eating is... food. You made breakfast. You made lunches for everybody. Grab a snack. This is all you your didn't fault. make yourself a PB and J. I didn't make anything. Come on, throw a little sandwich in there, a couple of eggs. You love breakfast food. This oh. sounds like a you problem. The worst part was by the time I felt bad, I'm like, I'm trying to cram things down my mouth. I'm like, just eat, just eat, just eat. And no matter what I ate, and I had like eight bottles of water, it didn't matter. I was just going to feel awful or basically the rest of the day. I think you need to go through this in your next therapy session. I feel like you're lashing out at me right now, blaming me for your problems <laughs> when you're the root cause of all of your problems. No, what I what we <laughs> talked about yesterday in therapy and that I'm trying to convey to you is okay. my vulnerability. You're very vulnerable right now? Is yesterday was me? vulnerability day <laughs> in therapy. And I'm, I'm, I'm being serious when I say this part. <laughs> If you are curious about therapy, do therapy. It's it's pretty awesome, actually. You're sitting in there with somebody you don't know. Are you still not laying down? Are you still sitting up? Still sitting up. I want a lay-down session. I could lay down. I don't think she'd care. Is there a couch? Is it like a leather couch? It's not a leather couch, but it's like a love seat couch. Okay. Yeah, it's two, three people could probably fit on that couch. There's tissues right next to me. I think you go lay down next session. Hmm. Power moves. See how she responds. Okay. That's interesting. Just put the feet up, head back. Let's see how this thing goes. I'm more concerned about falling asleep. Well, that could be a good therapy session. You don't sleep very often. <laughs> you're getting you're two birds with one stone here. Solve a couple of problems for 20 minutes. You slowly doze off. You get 40 minutes of nap time. Yeah, well. That's so, true. It's a win-win for everybody. Yeah. She doesn't have to do anything for 40 minutes. You're going to feel great and refreshed, and you solve some issues before you fell asleep. Everybody succeeds. So uh, I also, I caught, I'd say I caught about... 31% of the show. Okay. I I have no idea what you covered and what you didn't get to. Like how much... I heard a little bit of the Dame stuff, and when I turned back on, you didn't talk Dame the rest of the show, so I'm like, maybe I missed the second part of the Dame stuff. We did like 30 minutes of Dame in the first hour and like 30 minutes of Dame in the second hour. At, at the second hour is what I missed. It was like 7 to 7.30 was, was yeah. Dame time. That's what I figured. And okay. then I figured, you know, I, we kind of hit it. 71, it was incredible. We did about an hour on it and we moved on to some other fish to fry. I mean, incredible, I don't think sums it up. It it might be the most remarkable sports feat ever accomplished in the city or state's history. I mean, it's the greatest game in Blazer history. There's no doubt about that. Like, can you swag, can you rack your brain around anything that somebody did? Like, this is, I mean, this is much better because it's the pros, but, like, I was trying to think of what matches this, and the closest I can come up with is... Thomas Tyner scoring 10 touchdowns and having like 800 yards in a game. <laughs> yeah, are there any Duck or Beaver games that are near that for college football history? I mean, Mariota had a great Heisman season. His but season, yeah. Was there any game? Did he throw like eight touchdowns in a game that I'm forgetting? No, I don't remember that. I don't think so. He was dominant, so. but for a one-game performance? Yeah. No, for just a single game. Bernardo Burrito hit three home runs in a game once for the Portland Beavers. That should be in consideration. Shout here. out to Bernardo Burrito. Oregon ran for about 500 rushing yards against Oregon State in 2008 Civil War. That, that was pretty impressive. <laughs> that was cool. Yeah. Not a fan of it, but that was pretty no. impressive. Yeah. Nothing, nothing comes to mind. I mean, the only other Blazer performances that start to get on that are all playoffs and are heightened because of what was on the line. Sure. But he, I mean, look, they didn't, they haven't reached the finals, but he kind of has the playoff moments too. Yeah. He's got those wrapped up. So. Well, Clyde was hitting walk-off shots and eliminating No, you got the Brandon Roy fourth quarter against the Mavs. Mm -hmm. That was insane. It was his, yeah, it was his, basically his goodbye. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, but in terms of an overall game, I I don't think so. It's the no. greatest. Yeah. yeah. 71 points, man. Yeah. And it happened in, in a game that I we joked yesterday. Like, I turned it on thinking I don't really even want to watch this game. I was curious about They're that. They're playing the Houston Rockets. <laughs> like, the Rockets are terrible. The Blazers yeah. are not good. Like, I'm not interested in this game at all. If I wasn't doing a Blazer podcast, I probably would have saw about half that performance. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of how I was in the first... Like, I was doing stuff around the house. I had it on in the iPad. I was carrying it around, but I wasn't glued to the television watching that game. And then I, I joked yesterday, like, at some point, Lillard hit a shot, and you kept hearing Lillard makes a shot, Lillard makes a shot. And I looked over at the screen, and they showed the grab. It was like five minutes left in the second quarter, and he had like 36 points. I was like, oh, okay, I guess I need to pay a little bit closer attention to this. And then you see he ends with 41 in the first half, and now I'm glued to the set. Like, how high is this going to go? I was a little disappointed he didn't... I know they were kind of like boxing, wanting him. They were doubling him. To start I, the third quarter. Yeah, yeah. I, I was still a little disappointed he didn't. Uh, I, I think he could have got 80. If he really cared to do that, and I know Trendon said yesterday, he said, he told Dame told him, he's like, I'm, I'm dropping 70 on their ass. I feel like if he really was selfish in that moment, he could have got 80. Do you think I'm wrong there? Because he just wasn't as... A... You're probably not wrong. He's making good basketball plays in the third quarter. It wasn't aggressive offensive basketball. To me, that almost made the performance more impressive because he made the right basketball play. Yeah. He didn't force the issue. And there's part of you as a fan, of course, you want like, dude, just start jacking up half-court shots. Let's see, let's get weird here. Let's see how high we can go. He probably could have set the NBA record for threes because didn't he tie it with Clay or come close to Clay? Uh, one tied, short. He, Clay's one got short 14, Clay. right? Clay's got 14. And so he had yeah. 13 in that game. So he probably could have tied it or maybe beat it. Like, I would have loved to have seen that as a fan, but there was a, there was a respect aspect of he never – he didn't feel like he ever forced the issue. Like, he was hot out of the gate, so he kept shooting in that regard. Third quarter, they were like, you're not going to score. We're going to triple-team you every time you touch the ball. And he made the right basketball play every time and found a wide-open teammate. It was incredibly impressive. Well, he he only cared when he was trying to get 70. He had, like, three straight possessions where he was clearly running, like, I yeah. got to get 70. And then he just ran out. of It was like, get me out of here. Dude, he got 71, <laughs> and I'm like, get a three. Tie the record. One I want him to tie the record. And he more. just he passed the ball. He's like, I want nothing to do with this game. I am physically spent. Well, circle the calendar here. Thursday, April 6th. The okay. Blazers probably will know their fate okay. as regarding if the play in play in playoffs, mm-hmm. whatever. If they're out of it and Dame hasn't been shut down, Thursday, April sixth at San Antonio. <laughs> that's got that's got eighty written all over it. No, I no. No. No, uh, you're poo-pooing eighty? I'm poo- get 80? I'm poo-pooing that he's going to get over 63 the rest of the season in any game. Oh, I'll take that bet. Really? Yeah, I'll take that bet. Sandwich bet? Sure, sandwich bet. Now, the other one. 163 in another I, game? I think he's got it in him. The next day. They stink, man. He's all they got. The I next know. game is Saturday the 8th. It's at the Clippers, but the Clippers might be in full rest everybody mode if they know where they are in the playoffs. Yeah, the tough part with that late season stuff is what you pointed out. If the Blazers are not in a play-in situation... They're, I mean, they will eventually shut things down. He will not be playing the yeah. last, like, blank amount of games of the season if they're clearly not in the play. Which is the obviously the right move. Yeah. You also have Wednesday, March 22nd at Utah. Well, here's the Ooh. other part to consider. I don't know if you guys talked about this. Ooh. So, uh, Tatum had a bit of a dud against Philly, though he hit the biggest shot. Yeah. That was a great game. God, that was a great game. That was almost the greatest uh, back and forth ending to a basketball game I've ever seen in my life. Joel Embiid shot going in, but after the buzzer was amazing. Dude, my do- my oldest is 
she's turning into a sports freak and she doesn't know it. <laughs> like she poo-poos sports. Like I had the Timbers on last night and she's like, Ugh, soccer, it's so boring. I'm not kidding when I say the last 10 minutes of that match, we were sitting on the couch and she was like, oh, go, go. <laughs> so, like, she doesn't even realize what she's becoming. This is how it happens. It's slowly, slowly the tentacles get in you. And we're laying in my bed Saturday watching this basketball game. And we, she, you know, she's full in. She wants Joel Embiid in Philly to win because she loves the city of brotherly love jersey. <laughs> and Tatum hits the shot. And she's just like, oh. And then Embiid gets the ball, takes an extra dribble throws it makes it we went insane we thought it was good it looked like it was good i couldn't believe he made that shot <laughs> and he's just heartbroken yeah not kidding and count. he's coming to portland which is point. great we need them to lose every big game we need them to get swept in the first round of the playoffs well, this is our dream. last night this is our passion i i watched the miami heat game with a a close look of uh hey mm. hey joel mm. doing a lot of good things over there but you're not getting any help Philly, how about building around Anthony Simons and Shaden Sharp? How's that sound? Sounds like a great young core to start your roster with. You know, there was a quote from Joel Embiid after that Boston game where he said, I had to talk to Tyrese Maxey about how to do things and what you know how to be assertive. I'm like, there's a point guard that doesn't need that talk. Mm, ready to go. He's dropping 70 on people. But, um, yeah, it was, uh, it, it, it was really good. I just, I think the thing you need to think about with Dame and what he does the rest of the season does he really shut it down? Because with Tatum's bit of a stinker, he's he's close, if not leading. I'd have to go check the updated stats. He's right in that conversation of being the NBA's uh, points per game score. He is third right now, but I think, I mean, you're talking it's, a, it's a tiny, fraction yeah. of a point that's separating him. And if they're not going to be good and accomplish what he wants to accomplish, and they're clearly not. Go for the scoring title, man. That's I think I think the scoring title is the one thing that if you say he's playing against the Spurs on April 6th, it's the scoring title. He is at 32.3, which is third in the NBA. That is crazy that that's third in the NBA. It's a point ahead. Of, there's five, six guys averaging over 30. Tatum, uh, Gilgis, Alexander, and Giannis. They're all slightly behind Dame. The only two guys ahead of him are Embiid, who's averaging 33. Yeah. Think about that, Tatum, averaging 60-plus points a game. That's pretty solid. Yep. And then uh, Luka still leading the league, 33.1. So he's point yeah. eight points behind Luka for the league lead. Joel had 27 yesterday. I think Luka's going to come down because of Kyrie. Yeah. Like, he's got a shot. He's got, damn, he's got nothing, man. He's, he's, he's it. He's all we got. Go get a scoring title. Have we ever, that's why we've never had a scoring champion. No. No, right? Clyde never got that. First three point champ. The only one that would be up there, I think, might have been Jeff Petrie early, early in the franchise. Were they keeping track of that? Was the scoring title a thing back then? Yeah, scoring's always been. I'll I'll Google all time scoring titles. No, I don't think we've ever, ever seen. Somebody even get close. Okay. I mean, well, I'm trying to think of who lit it up. Walton was... Walton was a rebounder and scorer, so it wasn't as He was like, efficient, yeah. but he wasn't like lighting it up like David Thompson every night or Rick Barry. Yeah, I have to go Clyde's highest game. Might be the next closest thing you can get to after Petrie. Kiki, when we had Kiki yeah, Vandaway... Yeah, we nothing. Nothing, right? Nothing. nothing. I'm already up to the 80s, and I don't think it would have been after no, the 80s. It wouldn't no, have been after huh? it would have been... The only one I know Jeff Petrie... Well, on those early teams, he was the guy to go to to score. So. Bob McAdoo won a lot of scoring titles in the 70s. Maravich, George Jervin won four Gervin. in a row, three in a row. Gervin. Nice man. Uh, I can finger roll. Uh, yeah, Bernard did. King. Yeah, and then you're up into the mid-80s where you get into Dominique and then Jordan taking over. All right. So well, no, no Blazers on that list. Something to watch. Scoring title might be Dames uh, to grab this year. All right, we got a lot to get to today. We got the mail sack coming up. 
at 815-503-864-6326. That's 503-864-6326. Any and all mail sack questions are welcome at the fan text line. Uh, we got an important note for the station to tell you about coming up next. And also, we start in the National Football League. Dirt and Spray, good to be with you on this Tuesday on The Fan. Well, we'll start with the trash in the National Football League. And that is uh, Dan Snyder of the Washington Commies, who I'll tell you right now, if I was in the bidding for that, if I was uh, Tillman Fertitta or Jeff Bezos or one of these billionaires trying to buy the team, mm-hmm. my day one, th- I would I would pay whatever it takes. I'd rebrand that. Uh, that <laughs> Get rid of the commander name. That but... was one of the worst <laughs> unveilings and team change names of all time in sports history. I do not disagree with that statement. It feels like a team that should be in the XFL and not the NFL. It it really does. Yeah, the uniforms aren't great, the logo it just none of it fits. First question I want to ask before we get to Dan Snyder himself. And I'm I'm being serious here. Are we more likely to see Carson Wentz in the XFL instead of the NFL next? <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think we're quite there. We should be there, really? but I don't know if we're quite there yet. I why, think why? more USFL. But okay, yeah. whatever it is, why would an NFL team want him? I uh, don't know why. Because backup quarterbacks matter. I don't think he does. I, I would rather have a guy who's used to being a backup than a guy that probably thinks he should be starting and brings with it some of that energy. I mean, you know I'm a non-Carson Wentz guy. Does he still think he should be starting? I bet he does. Yeah. <laughs> I bet he doesn't feel or see what he doesn't we think see. he sucks that he couldn't beat the Jags in week 17 2 years ago where he got benched for Taylor Heineke in Washington because he was terrible. No, I I mean I don't I don't think guys like him do. I think when you get drafted as high as he does and you have success early and then for, you know, a variety of different reasons it comes crumbling down and you watch your backup win a Super Bowl, I I hate to say this, he seems broken and I I I'd rather have, you know, I know he just retired, Chase Daniel. Like, I just, I'd rather have a guy that's sitting behind me knowing, hey, I'm the clipboard holder, (laughs) rather than the guy that's like, yo, I was a top pick that was on the brink of winning a Super Bowl, and then my career got derailed, and I never recovered from it. I'm being serious. I, I wouldn't be shocked if we see him in a spring football league before we see him in the NFL again. Yeah, I don't disagree with the sentiment. I don't know if I'd want to go anywhere near Carson Wentz, but NFL teams are also stupid, and they make a lot of bad moves. And he is still a guy that was a top-five pick. Why that still matters, I don't know. But Neil O'Shea used to tell us all the time, this guy was a lottery pick, even though he flamed out with his first organization. There's going to be somebody out there, I guarantee you, that gives him a, a $7 million deal to be a backup quarterback. And just, hey, hang around. If our, if our guy goes down, we might need you. Kind of sit, like Somebody's going to pick that guy up. And I think he would rather save face as a backup in the NFL than accept the fate of going to the USFL. Because playing in the USFL is not going to change his fate. If he goes and plays well down there, it's not like NFL teams are going to be tripping over themselves to sign him. I think he's done, though. That's kind of my point. Is like You play the spring football thing for however long it lasts. Like I wouldn't be shocked if we saw an RG3 thing here where he's on TV in like a year or two and he's yeah I don't know if TV's his future I think the last couple of guys we saw now these guys didn't sign extensions like Carson Winston but we saw Mariota and Winston both flame out of their rookie contracts Winston was not good in Tampa through too many picks Mariota was pretty bad outside of one year uh, he was awful really in Tennessee and they both ended up going to get back backup quarterback jobs Mariota went to Vegas and backed up Derek Carr for two years and then got his chance with Atlanta now his time's probably done and Jameis went down in New Orleans thought he 
he'd be the heir apparent to Drew Brees, yeah. waited a year, and that clearly didn't work out for him down there either. Yeah, there's just something about him that I wonder, like... The personality thing, I'm with you 100%. Can he, can he, can like, he he's not a good guy. teammate. He's right. never been a good teammate. Like, here's the, here's the one stop I could see a team saying, hey, we just lost our backup quarterback, and we're bringing you in, and you clearly know you're never being the starter here. Kansas City. Yeah, come hang out. Yeah, yeah, Chad Henney's retired. We yeah. need a backup. Come hang out behind Patrick Mahomes for two years. Right. Learn from Matt Nagy. Learn from Andy Reid. And if there's anything left, okay. But I, he got released yesterday, and I, I saw that and was like, God, is he going to stay in the NFL, or is <laughs> he destined to go into the XFL, which nobody's watching? The funniest part about this, because the commanders are again in hot water, but there was a, a, a moment that I was reminded of yesterday where a reporter last year in training camp sat down with Carson Wentz, a local D.C. reporter, and asked him basically, "Are you like? do you fear about your career as a starter being close to being gone? Like, Is this the year that if you don't prove it, you think you're never going to get another opportunity again? And Washington admonished the reporter and just went hard at him. Like, how I dare you that. ask these yeah. questions? And they attacked it. Like, the GM came out yep. and publicly attacked this dude. And a, it was like a year later they cut him. He made it one year with the organization. They ended up benching him during the season, and then they cut him and released him. Well, they're they're in hot water today. Well, Dan Snyder's in hot water. Yeah, I mean, the organization as a whole, but he's the owner, and that's why. There's multiple reports out and out about him. Uh, there's one about him taking out a $55 million loan without telling his minority stake partners. And that was where the start of the rift began, evidently, between them. He reportedly charged $4.5 million to his own team to put the team logo on his private jet. Yep. Real douchey. Yep. And there's another report that he's threatening the NFL. If they're not going to protect him and lawsuits are going to come after him when he sells this, he's threatening the NFL. And it's in a weird state right now because... Bezos clearly wants to buy them, but he's not going to sell to Jeff Bezos because he thinks the Post has done nothing but hit jobs on him. I would argue they've done journalism, but okay. Um, And so maybe it's Tillman Fertitta, but they're not getting the price that they want for Washington because... It's it's a damaged brand. It's a damaged franchise right now that he's the owner. There's no way this ends well for the NFL. There's no way because when I, I was just this story came out this morning on the fifty five million dollar loan. I was trying to scroll through it during uh, before the show and during commercial breaks, where essentially he took out this secret. It was a secret loan. He didn't let his minority partners know that broke the shareholder agreement that he had with the minority owners. The other three guys owned about forty percent of the franchise, and Snyder owned sixty. And he did not get their approval for the loan. That started the rift, and it's why the minority owners wanted out. And then they went to the NFL. They went to the NFL. They went to Roger Goodell and said, this is illegal. This guy should be in prison. You cannot do this. He did not get the approval that was necessary for this loan. And they they sat down with a, a confidential arbitrator, and the arbitrator and Roger Goodell sided with Daniel Snyder in this case. And there's quotes in here from these guys like, this is not just like, hey, bad business practices. This is like this dude needs to be in jail. This is jail type fraud, not just, hey, he's a little uh, little loose with his money. And they basically alleged that he was taking and choosing whatever financial resources he wanted from the organization. And that's where the story of the the logo on his private jet came in. He just took four four point five million dollars. He charged his own team four point five million dollars so he could take the money out of the coffers. And he labeled it as this is what it cost to put a commander's logo on my private jet. So he's essentially just committing fraud left and right. But the NFL, because of the threats that he's made, and I guarantee it's because of the dirty laundry, doesn't feel like they can act against him. But the FBI and the IRS are now investigating this. There's a grand jury that has uh, basically allowed 
uh, you know, officials to go get document documentation about all this stuff that was going on. Like this is going to end horribly for the league and for the Washington Commanders. Well, real quick, the funny thing is the logo he put on his jet is the now defunct logo and team name. <laughs> Wasn't even. <laughs> it's not even the Washington W. I that figured they at have. least it was the Commanders one. No. Like, hey, I got to upgrade my logo. Give me four point five million dollars. No, he put the helmet on his plane, and oh, then like God. eight months later, they changed the team name and the logo. <laughs> so he's an idiot. Second of all, you keep saying this is going to end poorly for the NFL. It could end poorly for Dan Snyder, though the funny thing about that is I don't know what he'd get hit with financially he, if he does go to prison or something like that happens. We can pray. How does this – you say it's it not going to end well for the NFL. How so? They'd I mean, Congress is kicking for... the tires on this, and they're going to lose their tax-exempt status. You think they would? I mean, if, if this continues to be an issue and Roger Goodell is clearly siding with Daniel Snyder to allow an owner to commit jail-type fraud. I don't know if they will, man. I think the NFL is going to slip them a little, uh, little lobbyist money and be like, <laughs> yo, uh, why don't you be on Team NFL now? I mean, we know how Congress works, so that probably will happen, but I just – if there, if anybody has a backbone, you got to hold Goodell, the league, and the ownership accountable for this. You know how you guys wear those gun pins after a mass shooting? Why don't you wear an NFL pin <laughs> after we show that we've defrauded minority owners? Every franchise. time a player beats somebody up, every time an owner commits fraud, just wear an NFL pin. It'll be all right. Yeah, I I, I don't know where this is going, but the selling of the situation it's it's messy. It's messy, and you know, I, I'd imagine the NFL is going to start vetting more people harder for this. Like, there's only so many people that can buy these teams, but I, I just, it's got to be unbelievable for that league to see what he has become as an owner versus like what he was when he bought it. He was the youngest owner in NFL history. He was the new hotshot, man. He's going to spend money. Here yeah, we go. He was excited. He yeah. loved football. He was going to win. And he has made nothing but awful decision after awful decision while being an awful human being. He's also, the, the former partners are pissed because he's reportedly trying to sell the team for $7 billion. And they're not to getting $7 billion. It's getting like five, five and a half. But his old partners are now ruffling feathers about that too because when he's when he bought their 40% stake in the team he bought the 40% stake from them for 875 million which would come out to a 2.8 billion dollar evaluation of the organization wow. and that was two years ago and now he's trying to sell it for seven billion dollars and they're saying wait a minute this doesn't make financial sense either so in no shocking development Dan Snyder and the Washington football team are in an ugly situation and we continue to monitor to see what happened but the latest report from Don Van Nata he uh, he basically took $55 million out in a loan and did not tell his minority partners, and uh, that's not allowed. So the investigation continues in the National Football League. I want to stick in the NFL before I get to the NBA. I want to stick in the NFL. Something that I've observed the last couple of days, uh, one about a prospect coming into the draft. We'll talk about that next. Dirt and Sprague on the fan. All right, welcome back in. Dirt and Sprague with you. We got the mail sack at 815. So get the mail sack questions in at 503-864-6326. Uh, I want to get to this in the uh, NFL, the Combine. It's Combine week. Everybody's in Indianapolis. And... It's really interesting watching. There's a report about the Bears. Are they going to stay? Are they going to trade? I I feel like that's been fairly obvious, but reporting comes out and then everybody freaks out about it. I feel like they're not (laughs) trading or they're not going to get rid of Justin Fields. I feel like that's been obvious. I think they're going to trade the number one pick, but not to... Sure. They're, they're going to move down, and that's probably the right move for them. You only move a couple slots down, you can maybe get a Jalen Carter if a team is quarterback desperate. Yeah, teams are desperate for QBs. They want the number one pick. But one of the players that might be the number one pick is Bryce Young. And I've been following this because I'm interested. You, I've made my position very clear 
very early in the college football season. I'm not in on Bryce Young. I think Bryce Young's a very talented player. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a lot of the Kyler Murray stuff for me. He seems like me, maybe he's a better leader than Kyler, but he he measured at six foot one ninety four. Okay, they think he's going to get to two ten when he does his full weights and his nutritionist helps him out. But he's six foot. I, I'm sorry, I am one of those people Is that, that I'm in cleats. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> my that's what I'm saying though. Is I'm I'm one of those people. I'm starting to come around to you. Got to be a bare minimum height unless you're just all world. And maybe Bryce Young will prove me to be stupid. But have you seen Todd McShay's position on Bryce Young the last like couple weeks? I have not. Todd McShay said the Bears should get rid of Justin Fields to get Bryce mm. Young because Bryce Young is better. Okay. Yesterday, Todd McShay said Bryce Young's too small. <laughs> okay. What? what? We knew he was small a month ago. We snip, knew he snap, was small. Snap. Yeah. Yeah, I'm confused here. It's the back and forth here that I'm I'm not quite following from a guy like Todd McShay. Who, by the way, the Jalen Carter thing, I don't know if you talked about that, but I teased it and we didn't discuss it. He said Jalen Carter had character issues. And then a big report from The Athletic from Bruce Feldman basically said, that's ridiculous. Jalen Carter is an upstanding young man. He helped a teammate who didn't have any money. Where did that come from? And he's had not, he hasn't had to answer to that at all. (laughs) No. no. Which I always love that we never make McShay or um, um, Mel Kiper. Mel Kiper. Like they say these things, like cite your source. Panay Sewell had this with Albert Breer. Mm-hmm. Character issues. Based on what? Kayvon had it last year, too. Does he love football? That was a whole thing we had to go through leading up to the draft. I just, I think it's one thing to break down tape and evaluate the player. I think it's another when you had character stuff or you say inflammatory things about somebody. And I don't like that. I hate that coverage. But the McShay and Bryce Young thing is fascinating. It's like, I'm in, but now I'm out. <laughs> so we didn't know that he was six feet. Now we know he's six feet, and now I don't want to touch him with the number one pick because he's too small. Okay, I think anybody who watched Alabama play football the last couple of years, you know, two things. One, Bryce Young is an incredibly talented college quarterback. He was one of the best we've seen over the last couple of years in college football. And two, he's small. He's always been small. He's been undersized. And I'm I'm with you lockstep 100% on this. I I with the with the recent trend of smaller quarterbacks, and I hate holding this against Bryce Young. Yeah, it's not always fair to the player. It's not fair, but it's the reality that we have to live in. Like th- this is a league where you have to be durable. This is a league where you have to be able to withstand a 17 game regular season. This is a league where if you're in Bryce Young's shoes, you're going to be drafted to a horrible team. You're going to be playing for a bad football team, probably Houston, with a bad offensive line and yeah. not good weapons, and they can't run the football, and you're going to have to throw the ball a ton. Like you are going to get eaten alive. And if you can't handle that from a physical standpoint, I I don't know if I want you as my NFL quarterback. Like it, it's funny to me that I feel like we've almost come full circle on making fun of John Elway because John Elway would always draft the guy who was over six foot four and two hundred fifty pounds. Like he'd just find the biggest dude in the draft class, fall in love with him, and draft him wherever his pick was. And we made fun of it. Like he's only drafting guys because they're big. They clearly don't have talent to make it at the next level. I feel like we've come full circle on that though because of some of the recent quarterback play in the NFL. Like like two prominent examples of this are Josh Allen and Justin Herbert. Josh Allen coming out of college had a 50% completion percentage at Wyoming. He was terrible. And I remember going into the draft that year thinking like you can't possibly use a first round pick on this guy. It doesn't make any sense. He sucked at Wyoming. How is he going to be any he couldn't win in the in the Mountain West Conference. Do you think this guy's going to win in the AFC East? Get the hell out of here. Well, guess what? He's an MVP candidate year in and year out now. And the same thing existed for Herbert. It was like I 
He was okay. He was good. He had moments, but nothing what he did at Oregon ever flashed. This guy's going to be a top five quarterback in the NFL. And two years in, where were we at? This guy's one of the next great guys in this generation of quarterbacks. And the thing that they both have in common is they're massive human beings. And they can throw the ball a mile, and they're great athletes. They can withstand hits. You know, even when they're banged up, they play through it because of their their sheer size. So I, I'm, I'm coming back full circle on you don't just draft a guy for being big and looking at the modern NFL and saying, I'd rather have a guy that's six foot four, 225 pounds any day of the week over a guy who's six foot a buck 90. Like I, I would take six, three, you know, even six, two. I know that's just two inches, but I mean, the, you know, two inches can make a big difference. Two inches makes a huge difference. Uh, so it's, I, I just, it, I, I would feel uneasy. I, I totally see it. Like he seems to have a pretty decent arm based on what we saw at Alabama. The durability thing's gotta be, how is that not real? I mean, he gets hit in college football and he gets hurt. What's the NFL going to do to him? Kyler Murray can't stay healthy. Baker Mayfield's out of trouble. Yeah. Hard time staying healthy. Like these smaller quarterbacks, it's it's hard for him in the league. Russ had a great situation. Russ isn't a very big dude, but Russ went to the perfect spot. And he was he a third-round pick. He was a third-round pick. There's a bit of a difference there. You talk about going to a bad situation. I mean, I think it's why you're seeing rumors about Anthony Richardson. Vegas had him as a complete long shot to be the number one pick. His odds have been boosted. No. There's reports that teams are falling in love with his potential and because what of the Allen Herbert thing. But because of his size, his athleticism, the combination of those things is why you're seeing, I think, some teams convince themselves, even if Bryce Young might be a slightly better thrower of the football, that's why you're seeing teams, I think, fall in love with Anthony Richardson. Potentially, will he get picked ahead of Bryce Young? Eh, who knows? A lot of this is just draft chatter at this point. But yeah, I'm trying to think like outside of Drew Brees and Russ, it's just it's it's not a, it's a tough thing. It really is. Yeah. And I, this wasn't my position a couple years ago when Baker got drafted. I was all in. I was like, here we go. And I watched him throw and he, he struggled to see over the offensive line. Mm-hmm. I think it's part of the reason he's fallen off from where he was when he started as a rookie. And I, I just I don't know. Maybe I'll prove to be wrong here, but I was out on Kyler Murray. And I, I'm out on Bryce Young, but I just I find it uh, the draft analyst who's studying the tape telling me to take him over uh, anybody else, and then like two weeks later, you're telling me, "Well, he's too small." It's like, <laughs> well, what's your position here? I know that's why I try not to listen to anybody because nobody knows what the hell they're talking about. None of us know how these guys are going to do at the next level. The sad reality for quarterbacks is if Bryce Young wasn't as elite of a prospect at Alabama and he was a third or fourth round pick, and I'm just using an example here because they're not going to draft a quarterback this year, but let's say the 49ers didn't take Brock Purdy and they had to go through their quarterback injuries last year and Trey Lance was their guy, and they're like, man, we don't know if this guy's going to be healthy. Let's take a flyer on a guy in the third or fourth round. Bryce Young could probably succeed in San Francisco because he's got everything in place to win. The reality is for these guys that are drafted at the top, like you have to survive hell for two to three years to get there. And if you don't have the size to do it, I, I, I worry about your longevity. And this is going to be an old takes exposed comment probably. If I traded to, the, to up to Chicago's number one pick and I'm Indy or Houston or any of these other teams, I would take Anthony Richardson. What about C.J. Stroud? He's... He's a okay I would still, size. I would still take Anthony Richardson. Really? You just you're going in. I think on he the is a physical upside. Physical specimen that is one of one in this draft class. Really? And if you could find a way to harness that the way the Bills did with Josh Allen, the way the Chargers did with Justin Herbert, I am all for it. The ceiling on Anthony Richardson is higher than any other quarterback in this draft class. Uh we've got a station note to uh bring up and then we'll get to the NBA. That's next, Dirt and Sprague on the fan. All right, something that bothered me yesterday more than it ever has. Coming up in the uh, the second hour, 
But I want to give you guys a quick heads up on this. I'm sure you've already heard the news, but in case you haven't, Laurelwood Brewing presents our annual basketball tournament party, Fan Madness. Let's go, baby. Thursday and Friday, March 16th and 17th at the Stadium Sports Bar at a and And Thursday and Friday, March 23rd and 24th at X-Golf Tualatin and X-Golf Vancouver. Danny and Dusty, Isaac and Souk will host their shows live from each location. Come play hooky with the fan. Hell yeah, dude. This is awesome. When was there an X-Golf Vancouver created? Yeah, I didn't know that one existed. It's just opened up recently, I okay. believe. Where's I, that at? I don't know the specific All address. Right. Let me uh, let me look for I know, it. I know the one in Tualatin. We've had some events out there. We've done live shows. We we will not be doing live shows because, I, although I asked when when we heard behind the scenes we were doing it at A&A. Nobody wants to get up that early to take care of what we need. I mean, if it's a, isn't it just a plug-in? We know how to hook up the equipment. What do we need? Well, somebody will have to a is open 24 hours a it's day. A casino. I understand that. I wanted to I'm be out there, saying. man. But, but we'll make be sure out you're there. out there, guys. Yeah. <laughs> do your show here, and, and then you go out there and... Yeah. I don't know what we do, but you go do it. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to go drink a couple of beers and play some, uh, some yeah, we, I think illogical parlays we'll is what I'm going to do. Pick a day, show field trip. We'll go together. Excuse me. I'll be playing cards. Are you kidding me? You're going to go play cards? <laughs> You're going to leave the... I can't. Not during the tournament. Are I don't you, even like college basketball. you a pie man but... or a blackjack? Uh, blackjack. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, I was thinking about this yesterday because I watched the Timbers on Apple TV. Mm-hmm. Yes. 1-0. It was chilly out there, but it was fantastic. Were you there? Yeah. buddy of mine had an extra ticket because there was a bunch of them that were supposed to go. Uh, the game was Saturday, so some people couldn't make it happen. He said, hey, I got an extra ticket. And I'm like, perfect. He uh, said it's in uh, Vancouver by the Big Al's parking lot on 164. Yeah, 164. Oh, okay. there. Yeah. There all right. There you go. Look at that. I used to. I lived for a very a brief moment. I lived in a trailer park off 164th. That place has really grown. Shout out to 164th, man. Business is booming. Uh, yeah, it is. Um, I can't wait. I've, I haven't been to the A&A Sportsbook, and I'm very excited to go check it I out. I am, too. I, I Not that I'm not excited for X-Golf, but I, yeah. I am excited. Like, being at a casino, my brother-in-law does this. He's got a buddy that lives in Vegas, and every year for the tournament, the first two days, he flies down to Vegas. Yeah. He stays with his buddy, and they go They go to more of the the... Not the strip. They go to like the South Strip, the Off Strip, Strip. Save a little bit oh, of money. Oh, Fremont Smart. Street. Yeah, that's yeah. up north. Well, whatever it is, they go to the yeah. non-strip casinos, which is like well, and the big one, the West Gate is the that's like the biggest sports book, like square footage wise. He goes to where you and I saw Jay Moore. Oh when yeah, Jay Moore was a little bit off the beaten path. Yeah, South Point <laughs> Casino. Jay Moore was in good shape. It was uh, fun. <laughs> he's wobbling his way. He was. He was doing great. Group. He was doing great. It's good uh, to be Jay Moore. Oh, Jay Moore. Now he's with Jeannie Buss. He's getting married. Uh, quick observation. <laughs> I have a couple points because I've decided this yesterday. Point number one. Well, first point number one. I hate to tell people this because you're going to think I'm lying. I have decided to break up with one sport. And get with another sport in place of that sport. Mm. I, I've I've concluded after two two years now, I'm I'm kind of done with college hoops. I know they had some exciting buzzer beaters. We get the great tales from you, but I I just don't watch. I I we'll don't. watch it at tournament time, and that's about it. We I follow it. I'll be honest with you. I will dominance. for the tournament. They need to re-engineer. I mean, there's nothing that their you can do. presentation. There, there's there's something. Do. There's something a little off for it for me. The and, tournament's great. It's yeah. a great. 
three weeks. It's a long regular season that doesn't matter because you have 70-something yes. teams that get in. They're going to add to it. It's going to make the regular season more meaningless. Yeah. College basketball is a sport that if you're a psycho, you follow during the regular season. And if not, you follow yeah. for three weeks of there, the year. There's some um, infrastructure that needs to be uh, re-engineered for that sport. One, they need the NBA to just go get rid of this one-and-done thing. So guys that want to go and get paid, and if NBA GMs screw up, but I think NBA GMs will be smarter now how they do it, and they all have G League teams, except for oh, the Blazers. You, you let the high schoolers come in, and you'll see a lot of teams be dumb again. <laughs> Just give it time. Yeah. But <laughs> There's then, always dumb teams. And then you go to the rule that they have for college baseball. If you... X amount of years, you have to commit to yeah, it. Yeah. You're, you're in there for two or three before you are then eligible for the draft again. These are logical ideas that they yes. will not do. I know. <laughs> uh, so in place of college hoops for me, you're on hockey train? You're on the hockey train? No. Let's go, baby. Let's go. I know where you're Welcome are you on the, the ice. train? Welcome MLS. to the ice. Oh, I was going to say. MLS. Yep. Right. I, uh, I'm going to try to follow the league, but I'm watching the Timbers here. <laughs> and so that brings my, my two soccer points from watching yesterday's match on okay. TV, which I liked it. The only thing I could have done without is – Every time they transition from a highlight back to live coverage, they go black and they just flash the MLS shield. Can we stop? Can you just transition with picture? Why do I need a black screen to transition? That was a little <laughs> annoying. Um, I know. I think that's just thing. working out some kinks <laughs> okay. of the system. I didn't even really notice that, but okay. Oh, you watch the next game, you'll go, God, now I can't stop noticing it. <laughs> this is like Kevin Calabro saying Portland, Oregon every time. Portland, like, Oregon, oh, USA. Is USA, yeah. But uh, <laughs> one, a Vander. Way overrated. All the dudes out there doing is committing penalties. I don't know what he's doing. Like, I'm supposed to be excited about Evander. He's doing nothing. but. Well, he didn't do anything in the first half. You saw just little bursts and glimpses of some stuff in the second half. There of was what, some... slide tackling into dudes? I saw a yellow card. I saw him commit a couple penalties. Like, what are we doing here? I saw the yellow card. The Timbers also got away with some shenanigans late in that game. Yeah, they did. There was a free kick. There was a dude that like got in the way and kind of deflected it. Yeah, the official was trying to step in. They got lucky that dude didn't head it into well, it. Ended it up being a breakaway minutes. chance for him. Like uh, there, there were a couple calls late that the Mr. Pink referee totally blew. The second observation, <laughs> Mr. Pink. Referee. This is, I guess, those where were some bright pink referee very, shirts. They were very bright. Well, the goalie for Sporting Kansas City also had that. It was a different shade. This is where I think watching <laughs> might help me, but I just quick observation. That's okay. Uh -huh. I have no idea the strategy in this sport. It just seems like we kick it and we kick it and we kick it and we kick it. Hey, we scored a goal, and we kick it and we kick it and we had it and we kick it. I just. I, I, I'm I'm not following the strategy of soccer outside of, no, you kick it down there. No, we'll kick it back there. No, you kick it down nah. here. No, you pass it to that guy. <laughs> and I'm, I, I really told myself this. What NFL coach could be Ted Lasso? Because I did convince myself that I think a Ted Lasso could exist. I think a college football coach could go, I want to go to Europe and coach soccer, and it would somehow work. <laughs> I hate to crap. I don't want to sound like I'm crapping on it, but You're I'm kind of crapping it. on it. You're kind of crapping like, on it. This is now where I got to You do this to my hockey Leo. brethren, too. You're like, I got no strategy. Ridge. You just skate around and shoot the puck. Nobody knows what they're doing. No, I got to get Ridgewell on now. So, because he's an assistant coach now for I the summer. I saw December. him. He was yelling at Gio last night. And I was, like, hey, I was wondering. So, Ridgie's got his thick English accent, and Gio's got his. And I forget where exactly he's from. I want to say Columbia, but I'm not sure that that's right. So, he's got his. Um, Latin accent, mm -hmm. and I'm wondering when those two start going, 
if you need a translator between the two not, of them. Yeah, if they're I'm like, how do they understand what each other's saying? Right, right. Somebody said you sound like Boban in the was it the State Farm commercial? He dribble it, 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 he pass it, he pass it, he dribble it, he dribble it, he pass it. Right. I mean, I just I watched that whole match and I was just like just kicking it. Whoever's faster, I guess, with the ball down the field. If you're outside, you're good. There's no, we don't have enough. Yeah, time. we don't have enough time. Let's get into the strategy of soccer. Yeah, we want to do the that. the goal here? We don't need. Maybe I'll pick this up as the season goes on. Okay, give me some time here. Allow yes. me some. I'm watching. All right, I'm yeah. supporting. I'm watching. I think you're trying to steal soccer dirt's thunder here, man. You're encroaching on my territory. Soccer dirt. Soccer dirt's a thing. Just because you tweeted, don't make it real, man. It's, it's a thing out there. People are people are buying in. Uh, hour number two. Something really bothered me yesterday, and I'll tell you what that is. Dirt and Sprague back with more on the fan. <laughs> 